welcome to Just Folks Conversations with Emma, a space, a comfortable space where people come to share. You are going to hear personal stories of virtues, victories, challenges, setbacks, accomplishments, observations, and teachable moments, all rooted in spiritual principles. I'm Emma. Come on in. I've been waiting for you. Hello, folks, and welcome. Welcome to Just Folks Conversations with Emma. I've been on hiatus for a few, and I am so glad to be back and so glad to bring a really special guest back for you to meet. This young lady is somebody who really sets the world on fire in the best possible way. I could talk about Miss Jennifer Falayan for next, the next hour or so. But I won't do that because you really didn't tune in to hear me. You've tuned in so you can meet this fabulous young lady. Jennifer, without further ado, welcome. And tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you. Well, it's a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you so much, Emma. Um, my name is Jennifer Falayan. I live in the Baltimore area. I've been in Baltimore for about 20 years since 2001. I grew up in Hampton, Virginia. Uh, my parents are from California and New Mexico, and we are Cherokee, Pueblo, Aztec, Spanish, Tex-Mex mix. <laughs> so true American uh, mixed up uh, lineage, but primarily we are Native American, and that's how we identify ourselves. I serve on the board of directors for the Baltimore American Indian Center here in Baltimore, and um I've done a lot of work in nonprofits and other areas. I currently work as a marketing coordinator and I do graphic design, marketing, and help pe put people's ideas um, into motion. <laughs> I see. Um, you've been in the Baltimore area for about 20 years. How on earth did you end up here? What was the attraction? <laughs> well, um, I came up to volunteer, it was actually, I came up to volunteer for a Martin Luther Day King Parade um, and pass out flyers for a political organization. And as the volunteering, I was like, well, I'll volunteer for a couple of weeks and a couple of weeks turned into longer. Um, I ended up uh, working with a political action committee for several years, advocating for economic development and different social justice issues here um, in Baltimore, and then I lived in D.C. for a few years and worked in the Congress lobbying and then um, also traveled internationally during those times. So that's what brought me here. Mm -hmm. uh, we have lost volume on my end. Um, can you hear me? Mm -hmm. Oh, I, then I lost the volume. I'm sorry. No problem. Um, um, in terms of, let's see, and I really didn't get to hear what you really said because I was, you may have seen me bring my finger up. I was trying to restart the uh, volume again. Uh, could you repeat just a little of that? Because honestly, I didn't get to hear it. Sure. Um, so I came to the Baltimore area to volunteer. Um, I was working with a political action committee. Originally, I told them I would volunteer for two weeks and two weeks turned into longer and longer. 
Uh, we did a lot of advocacy for social justice issues, economic development, civil rights here locally and also internationally. Um, I also lived in DC for a couple of those years and had a chance to work with lobbying for Congress um, on the Senate and the House side. Oh, that's quite interesting. Um, what did you What did you learn by being in the political arena? I learned a lot. Um, we would talk to a lot of people, set up tables, hand out literature. So one thing I learned was how to communicate and to know what was going on and how to enroll people into an idea. Um, we talked to like general citizens and then we did a lot of work on college campuses. So a lot of times I would do a lot of logistics of organizing the college campuses, um, having rallies, doing trips to the Senate and Congress to do lobbying. And then just in general, it really opened my eyes to how policies work and looking at history at an overall arc, like how did we get here? Why is it that certain things are going on in Africa or India? How did America get to where we are? And so just really understanding our history, um, how economics has gone up and down and the political landscape. And I had a chance to meet some of the old civil rights leaders as well and see things from their perspective. And how has that influenced the, the kind of work that you're doing now? It really has made me see the work that I do, again, on a historical arc. So sometimes I find inspiration from Harriet Tubman or um, a Rembrandt or my ancestors of seeing that as a people, especially African and indigenous peoples, what we've gone through, like so much to celebrate and so much tragedy at the same time. Mm -hmm. And those key figures in history that said, no, we are human. We are divine creatures. We are made in the image of the creator and we deserve freedom and equality. Mm -hmm. And those kinds of figures really give me strength um, to be in this current period of time. And so you're using this, this perspective that you've developed, this long art approach to influence the, uh, the projects that you really, the one that you're working on right now. Yes. Would you like <laughs> to share about a bit about that? Sure. Uh, my current project is Spread Your Wings, The Courage to Fly. It's a program that I wrote a few years ago after I hosted my first two events. My first two events was called Be More Aloha, which was a day of celebration for survivors of rape, incest, and foster care youth. And I really wanted to showcase that we can be empowered, find our voices, and heal through the arts. And so after coming out of those one-day events, I felt a need to have a space to explore that idea further. So in Spread Your Wings, The Courage to Fly, we explore the life cycle of a butterfly, the four different stages. And we use the modalities of art, music, dance, theater, writing, um, to really connect with ourselves and connect with our ancestors. And I'd like to highlight indigenous arts, so African, Native American, Polynesian, 
I feel that now more than ever, we need access to our different cultures and especially black and brown people that um, oftentimes are not in the art books or not in the art classes in school that we should be proud of where we come from, proud of our heritage. And as we connect to those arts, we discover little bits of ourselves. Well, how do you propose that we bring this information into the public arena? Uh, and I, I'm, I'm saying that specifically because right now um, there's a really heated, um, I I'm not even sure it's a discussion because people are kind of polarized around CRT, critical race theory. Do you see any connection between that and what you're doing? Uh, or just, or, you know, simply, if, and if that's just too specific, mm -hmm. the fact is, you're right, the, um, the reflection of uh, indigenous art and contributions has really been shunted, you know, pushed aside, barely mm -hmm. acknowledged. So what, Mm -hmm. How do you I think that? what I've seen, especially over the past year, there is more of an openness to looking at how white supremacy and that kind of racism has played a part, especially here in America. Oftentimes I was even unaware of it. I knew that there were certain obstacles that I faced, but I didn't quite label it as a white supremacist culture. Um, for example, my group Indigenous Strong, we had been advocating to replace Columbus Day with Indigenous Peoples Day for several years here in Baltimore City. The first time it went to the council, it was rejected. But then last year after George Floyd and Black Lives Matter, and then the toppling of the Columbus statue in the Baltimore Inner Harbor, those same council members and people and news reporters came back to our group and suddenly wanted to know our opinion. Uh, and when I say our opinion, I mean the native people here in Baltimore. So it was really only due to Black Lives Matter that the discussion was brought up again inside Baltimore. And so we did go, we met with the council members, we organized with the community, the Italians inside the city. Um, and the just last November, it was passed unanimously to have Indigenous Peoples Day in Baltimore City. So I think as things have shifted and cracked open, that more people are at least sensitive or aware that there's a discussion that needs to be had. They're aware that their companies need to have anti-racism trainings for their population. Um, currently, I've been training to be a facilitator for a program called Racial Justice from the Heart. And we facilitate to have those difficult conversations to lead people through uncovering hidden biases. Um, and even, you know, I have biases as a person of color because I still was raised in this environment. Um, and so as we can uncover those different implicit biases that we have, be open to connecting to more different people and recognizing that we do need reconciliation. We do need reparations. There are harms that need to be corrected. Um, I think that's the best way. So I still have hope. It's come in little stages, but 
I think we can influence the circles that we're around. And that's the beauty of what you're doing because the work that you do, which I'd like you to, to really you know, explain in detail, gives people tools to use that are, um, they're natural to human beings. Yes. You're using the arts. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not a construct that you have to create and rules that people have to follow. You're actually pulling from who they are as, as human beings. Mm -hmm. Please share about your, your event that's coming sure. up very shortly. <laughs> Thank you. I think that is it at the end of the day, because as I've been, um, even in my job, I do diversity, equity, inclusion. We're in all these conversations. People are like, how do we have diversity? At the end of the day, we have to connect with each other, like you said. And how do we connect? Well, if we have a sense of who we are and we're certain in our own identity, we feel good about ourselves, then we have the confidence to connect with one another. So in my program, Spread Your Wings, The Courage to Fly, um, I'll be a keynote speaker coming up next week in South Africa. Um, so this is an opportunity to show that we as artists are responsible for social change. That each little integration as we ourselves become connected to our ancestors, to who we are, to being creative, to having a vision, to knowing that we can create any possibility that we want and do it on a global scale, the arts help facilitate that creativity and that um, avenue towards connection. So me as an artist, I get to travel to South Africa and collaborate with other artists and just imagine like the ripple effects that that creates in our own communities towards racial justice. So it doesn't have to be so textbooked about it. You don't have to be well-versed in all the latest vocabulary around anti-racism. You have to be willing to do the work on yourself and to be open to creating more connections. Well, that's really a genius idea because it allows people to show up as who, whoever they are and whoever they think they are. Um, and they're going to grow in the process of, of working through the arts. And it takes away the defensiveness that people would tend to bring anyway, um, mm -hmm. thinking that some outside force or agency or something wants them to change. And that's when people dig in, you know, you yes. can't make me change because you've got to respect who I am. Mm -hmm. And your platform is so open-handed and supportive, you know, I, who, who would not be able to experience growth? You know, you literally have to be dead. Yes. Um, so um, how did you make this connection uh, with, with the arts that you've, you've experienced, your organizations, and ending up in South Africa? Hmm. That's a good question. The best thing that I can say is, especially during COVID, I started to take the time to do some artwork, do some more meditations. I've been doing graphic design for a long time, so it's very like you're on the computer designing. So I think during COVID, it allowed me to have some spaces to be creative again and to really also challenge myself. Um, I'm a, a survivor of trauma. 
So um, some of the things that I've done this year is working to remain present in my body. So even though I've done lots of things up until this point that have definitely helped in my healing journey, um, I participated in um, a ceremony called the Wiping of Tears. It's a Lakota tradition. So earlier this year, a native elder came to the area. I participated in this ceremony. And one of the aspects of the ceremony was calling back our spirit. So usually the ceremony is for someone who's maybe lost a loved one, has been in mourning for a year, and now they call back their spirit into their body because it's believed that when you're mourning that your spirit leaves. I felt I needed to participate because there was certain spirits, the four-year-old Jennifer, the 14-year-old Jennifer, the different Jennifers that experienced trauma and got left in those moments and were sitting alone, that I needed to call them back into myself and that I, the adult Jennifer, I will take care of them. I am in control now. You no longer have to run the show and you know be in survivor mode. So as I called those Jennifers back, it gave me a responsibility that I need to take care of myself. And, you know, as a parent, would I not feed little Jennifer? You know, would I not allow her to go take a nap? So it was really like a different way to think about self-care because I'm a workhorse. Like I'll work all day, all night. But when it came to self-care, it was like, eh, am I really worth it? So that process of bringing back the Jennifers, reconnecting, and then having an intention that I am good enough, I am, I do have a place in this world, I do have a purpose, and listening to that inner voice has guided me to be open to having connections, to be open. I randomly met somebody who connected me to somebody else that I met the organizer of the conference. And then I'm just sharing my story organically, just talking like, hey, what do you do? Whatever, just being openly curious. And within that discussion, she had a revelation that I would be a perfect fit for her conference. And she invited me to be a keynote speaker. It wasn't that I was seeking out to be a keynote speaker. It wasn't even in my view that that was a possibility. But I was open to taking action, like, having an intention, aligning my emotions with that intention, and just really stepping up of like, who am I in the world? Like, what space am I occupying? And having that heart to be open. And I think those connections like have just been coming like, oh, wow, like this is interesting. <laughs> Maybe this is really who I am. Maybe I really am an ambassador. <laughs> well, clearly you are those things because you are guiding and directing other people to, to seek out their own authentic journeys. Mm -hmm. um, how does it feel to find yourself blossoming in this stage of your life? I mean, would you have made that prediction when you say when you were 18? What did you see for yourself then? When I was 18, I just graduated from foster care. I had lived in foster care from 14 to 18. Um, I learned how to get straight A's, so I graduated fifth in my class. I was super smart, and they're like, you should go to college, so I went to college, and I got student loans. I didn't have anybody guiding me of what to do, um, so it was, I knew I was smart, but didn't quite know how to navigate life, 
And so now going through lots of different stages and developments, um, taking care of my mental health, uh, really using the tools, I feel very excited to be this age and to be able to get to do that, to start to experience abundance and joy, to start to really have fun with life. And I'll be transparent. I still deal with depression and anxiety, yet I've learned tools to pull myself out of it. Um, it's not perfect every day. Every day is not like, yay, I'm so happy. Yet I know what if I can get myself out of that, do the tapping, do the breathing, make sure I take my medicine, do I have my support structure in place, I am able to continue to flourish. And that's the message that I want to bring to people is that there is no limits. Like we control, we can be responsible for ourselves despite generational trauma and all this stuff that's stacked up against us that we can still have joy and abundance and fun in our lives for ourselves. That is so inspiring. And because you can say it with such integrity, it's a joy and a blessing to hear you say that. And I really wanna thank you for, for really being able to articulate what that looks like. We, we don't know who's going to see this video or how far it's going to travel, but clearly there's a message of uh, survival and knowing that indeed there is hope you know you really can manage no matter what it looks like on the outside no matter what's going on in the world there are still options you still have ways to to live a full life mm -hmm. um, and so I'm very interested in this project that you're doing next week in South Africa and you know how is that what is that going to look like how are you going to be impacting lives internationally I don't know exactly what it will look like. However, I've done a lot of preparation and I have a team of eight ambassadors traveling with me for that support and we're co-creating the experience. So we know we're coming into this with an open heart, with curiosity, with generosity, with what we would like to share and knowing that it'll look however it looks. So um, earlier this week when I started getting anxiety because I love to plan, I love my little spreadsheets. <laughs> I'm still in the process of fundraising. All the funds haven't come in yet. I'm responsible for a team of eight. And this is the biggest uh, game that I've played so far in my life, like taking on this challenge, which, um, you know, raising over $40,000 and being responsible for the team. So I feel that I've done enough in the framework of it all and trying to remain calm through it all. For example, I still need to figure out how to get the art supplies over there. We're going to be making some ribbon skirts. Like, do we purchase the fabric once we get there? Have I raised enough money even to purchase the supplies? You know, <laughs> like, it has been like building the plane while you're flying it and like being calm and not freaking out. And uh, one of my friends was telling me, he says that, well, you've swam so far in this ocean, the only choice is to keep swimming. 
Like, there's no going back to the start. I've already come so far. And then, well, I got to get over there. And I was like, well, let's just keep swimming. <laughs> so I'm just open to whatever that manifest over there and whoever we meet that it's going to be awesome. And I'm just going to be so happy to share. <laughs> well, I, I want to say at this point, by the time this airs, uh, your event will have taken place but I do know that people are definitely going to want to support you. So how, how do people get in touch with Jennifer Fly? Mm -hmm. So you can look me up on Facebook, send me a message. Um, you can share my email and phone number. And I also have a website. We'll be continually taking donations. I'll be in South Africa until November 19th. So if you want to send a donation, we can go get our lunch or get a coffee. <laughs> um, my website is spreadyourwingsturtleisland.com. And then after we return um, from our trip, we'll be posting updates and keep that website updated. Well, that's wonderful. And I'll also post all of that in the uh, write-up uh, and links so that people can get in touch with you. I'm curious though, what is the significance of the of Turtle Island? How does, I'm just, that's just interesting. What is sure. Um, in many indigenous cultures and teachings, the beginning of the world began on the back of a turtle. And there's different stories that illustrate this. Um, and also on a map, the Americas like Canada, North America, um, a bit of Mexico, look like the shell of a turtle. So we as indigenous people consider ourselves of Turtle Island, of the Americas and this whole region. And so you'll often hear um, it referred that we're from Turtle Island because that's the creation story. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. I, I knew there must have been something behind that. And, mm -hmm. uh, that's wonderful to know. Uh, Jennifer, I find you absolutely inspiring. I, I want to thank you for taking time to share your story, to share your gifts, for being um, so honest um, about things that some people have chosen to kind of, you know, hide and feel um, ashamed of. But you have taken what looks like adversity and turned it into um, not merely a challenge, but uh, victory. And your story's not over. You know, you are clearly moving along. Is it fired up and ready to go? Um, yes, <laughs> fired up, ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> and that is just, you know, it was wonderful. Um, you are a joy-filled spirit and a, a beautiful person. Uh, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to speak and share. And I'm looking forward to catching up with you when you come back uh, yeah. from your trip. Maybe we can have a cup of tea or coffee or, yeah. you know, a croissant. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> and just, you know, and, and you can share with the audience, you know, also, you know, how things went. I know that you're going to have some inspiring stories to tell. And your, your combination of artistic abilities and organizational skills and um, these missions that you're on, uh, you know, we need to do this on a regular basis. So I'm inviting you to come back as often as you like 
to share Thank as you. much as you'd like to share uh, because you have some really good stuff. You know, we need to get that out here. So. Thank you so much. <laughs> I thank you. I wish you the very best. I know you're going to have a marvelous, marvelous experience, you and all the ambassadors. So thank you again. Thank you. <laughs> and I'll be talking to you soon. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Just Folks Conversations with Emma on Anchor and Spotify. You can find more Just Folks Conversations with Emma on my YouTube channel of the same name. Please give a thumbs up and subscribe. And I invite you to join my Facebook group where you can meet more really great folks just like you. See you soon.